Texas está abierto. Texas is open. The lefties are losing their mind. Mr. Potato Head's been canceled. The righties are losing their mind. Did Elon die? Don't know. A Dallas cop did kill two people and was allowed to be on the force for a year while under investigation. We'll talk about that. And oh yeah, by the way, um, it appears the markets were crashing this week. Gold was going away. Silver was going away. Copper was going away. We'll get into that. I am Gerardo Del Real along with my co-host, Mr. Nick Hodge. This is episode 107 of Bizarro World. It is a bizarro world, Mr. Hodge. There's a lot going on. They're coming for Dr. Seuss's neck. How are you, Nick? I am doing well, a bit whipsawed in the market. <laughs> Love me some uh, Dr. Seuss. He is, or his estate is self-canceling as it were, but- um, Important point, by yeah. the way. That that went above I, a lot of people's head. We'll talk about that in a second. Yeah, no, happy to be here. How are you? I am fantastic. It's been an interesting week. Um, Buying more stock. You and I had a conversation off air and uh, yeah, definitely not looking to sell on this pullback, though that's, you know, most people's natural inclination. But no, I am well. I am well. Um, there's a lot going on. Let's get right to it. Let's start with the markets. It's a good starting point. Gold closed below 1700 dun, dun, dun. 1699 just to mess with the gold bugs. Silver closed at 2516 Copper closed right at that $4 mark. Bitcoin is at 48,000 as we speak. I would love to hear your thoughts on the markets this week, Mr. Hodge. I know that you and I are both pretty tuned in to the one indicator that let us know that the sell-off from Thursday probably wouldn't continue into Friday, which is exactly what happened, right? Um, but yeah, you want to talk about what that indicator is? I think you're going to talk about the VIX. And, you got um, it. Yeah, we, we had talked about last week, right? We had talked about the uh, episodic and not trending. And you said that that meant it was noise and um, the noise got a lot louder this week. The point sheds on the Dow got a lot bigger, but that's going to happen when the Dow's up around 30,000 points and it has more points to shed. Like I have more pounds to shed, right? Um, and so um, those point numbers can get bigger, but nonetheless, the volatility, volatility index was saying that it wasn't going to last. And this isn't what um, in earthquake parlance, we would call the big one. And so while yes, we're in a bubble and yes, things are overvalued and yes, NFTs are stupid. And um, I don't know whether Bitcoin's <laughs> worth $50,000. Um, I'm not the one in charge of that and I don't make the rules. I'm just telling you what's going on. And um, stocks were back up today. And concerning gold, um, you know, I've got to uh, pull out my chart, which was I was trying to do while you were talking. And um, you know, you could go a little bit lower still, I think, to um, high 16s. I don't know, 16, gosh, I don't know. I'm not going to give you an exact number. 16 high 60s or something and still be totally fine. I know we keep saying that, but um, you've got sort of uh, a lot of support right here where, where it's at now. If you pull back a chart to a year and as we were saying, um, new highs came after that. Still watching uh, rates, of course, but um, uh, stimulus uh, on the way if they could get mm. line by line in the Senate. <laughs> mm, and, um, stimulus. Right, exactly. A little back of the taint. And then they're going to build uh, <laughs> uh, a, a bridge, speaking of taints, to um, 
uh, all sorts of new infrastructure, which is uh, already being discussed. I'm sure you caught that, Gerardo. Um, we haven't even passed the stimulus yet, and we're already looking beyond to the infrastructure bill. Now, officially, you and I have talked about that um, for a while, how it was going to be relief and then stimulus and then uh, infrastructure, and now in a very real way that's here. And so um, that requires a lot of copper and uh, I know we're starting to beat dead horses here, so I'll be quiet, but um, still nothing major broken in the markets is what I would say as far as the trends that everything was already in. The dollar had its best week since November, I believe. It's flirting with 92. It's at 91.95. I do believe that is a short-term move. Um, it coincided with the 10-year breaching the 160 level in pretty dramatic fashion. I think the bond market, as always, is in charge, and it kind of threw the algorithms in a tissy, in a tissy. But, well, you know, this is going to be... Yeah, go ahead. No, I think that... Um, this inflation narrative is starting to gain mm. traction, right? Mm -hmm. It's sort of old. It's sort of old hat to us, right? We've been pointing to lumber prices and copper prices and lithium prices and crab prices. cakes. Crab cake since May. I was telling my wife that this morning <laughs> as I was giving my weekly morning rant about why I was pissed off about the markets. I've been talking about the inflation <laughs> since last fucking May. Anyway, <laughs> anyway. Um, so they're starting to see it materialize in 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 rates. And furthermore, uh, I think the fear was that um, it could have like some demand backing now. And I'll start to sound stupid and get above my economist pay grade very quickly. But before it was sort of like we were in this economic stagnation with the virus and people not working and um, economic indicators uh, depressed. And now with uh, resorts opening back up and people traveling again, and I was reading I was looking for indicators that the New York Times was tracking and somebody wrote in about more people getting bikini waxes. Isn't that funny? More people getting bikini waxes <laughs> to get ready to show their summer bodies. You know that the vibes, this, ladies. <laughs> <laughs> now this inflation could have um, like some demand-driven inflation behind it, right? Where not only are all these dollars out there um, chasing the goods, but now they're actually um, some economic <laughs> chasing the goods uh, behind it. <laughs> Right. So anyway, that's what scared the market. I think Bikini waxes and chasing the goods scared the market. That's hilarious. I learned a new phrase this week from a subscriber that um, I email back and forth with from time to time. He's a Scottish gentleman. Awesome guy. Um, do you want to learn my new phrase? Mm hmm. Laughing our cocks off. And what does that mean? Um, laughing our ass off. I guess it's the British version of laughing our ass off. I believe it's, it's what he says. He says, we live in hope and hope we are laughing our cocks off to coin a great British phrase. So I was unaware of laughing my cock off, but I'm aware now and I'll be doing it. Like it. I like it. Let's talk copper pulled back a bit. Do you think it's oversold? It's at four. I mean, it was as high as 432 earlier this week, right? I need a chart. Um, I need to. I'll probably say no, though. I mean, it's, mm. they had a heck of a run straight up. And so you got to think that oh, those are some big candles there. Um, no, it's not. Big candles. Got... Look at Nick the Chartist. I like Nick the Chartist. <laughs> I, you, I, I, I know. I, I know. You. No, no. It could correct a little bit more, but it's fine. Okay. All right. Are we going to talk about... No, let's talk about who had a better week. Sean Carter, otherwise known as Jay-Z or Stansberry Research, otherwise known 
are now known as Beacon Street Group. You want to provide some context there on Beacon and Stansberry and congrats to that group, by the way. Um, impressive, impressive stuff. You want to tell everybody what happened, Nick? So it sounds like, um, and this will be even a good segue into a broader discussion about mm-hmm. SPACs, but it sounds mm-hmm. like Stansberry Research is going public uh, via a, a, a SPAC under the name of uh, a broader parent group or umbrella organization called uh, the Beacon Street Group. And so um, that's a big, big deal. I mean, um, it's been one of the, the largest newsletter brands uh, in the country. The Motley Fool, of course, is the one uh, we all know. But um, this puts a big valuation on it. This is going to be like a $3 billion deal enterprise value. And it reveals some of the numbers, right? So mm. uh, revenue last year of like $377 million. Um, and we all knew that it was a big group, big group. If you follow the industry, you know, Agora is about a, a 900 million, a billion dollar company. And he's a, a big chunk of that. There were some other uh, companies involved in the Beacon Street group, but you got to believe that uh, Porter is the big driver there. And you got to think that uh, he's quite excited about uh, cashing out, interested to see what the larger implications are on uh, the rest of the industry. But um, hey, good to see a little bit of uh a newsletter hype there, but I'm sure Jay Z had the better week. Gerardo, he's uh, goodness, like you. I think it was you. Somebody said this week. You know, he's a businessman, and so um, what did he do? He had the champagne deal. He sold the title to Jack Dorsey Square, and he's still got the uh, uh, parent company, cannabis company, going on, which launched a national campaign against federal drug policies. So. Um, I'm going to call it for Jay-Z, but the, the Stansberry IPO or, or SPAC listing is exciting as well. Mr. Carter had himself a hell of a week. Listen, he sold half, just half of his Ace of Spades ownership to LVMH. Um, that's the champagne. That's the champagne that netted him just the half, netted him $315 million. Um, he still got half, everybody. And, you know, in a deal that I'm actually watching because it, 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 it signals to me that the way that we absorb and listen to content, whether it's music or whether it's, um, you know, a platform like Clubhouse where instead of chat rooms, these are actual chat rooms, people are, you know, it's audio only, but it signals to me that there's a shift happening. Square announced, as you mentioned, that it's acquiring the majority of Tidal. So if you're familiar with Tidal, it's a Swedish-based streaming group that Mr. Carter purchased five years ago for approximately $57 million. He is now selling a majority interest for $297 million um, in stock and cash. He will join Square's board. Again, that's a power move. For those of you that aren't paying attention out there to be on the square board, and I am incredibly, incredibly interested in seeing what square does next because it doesn't seem to me, and I'm a simple guy, right? I don't, I don't, I don't do um, the fancy stuff. So somebody uh, much smarter than I can explain it. Maybe you, Mr. Hodge, can explain it, but I don't see the 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 value add as it currently exists. For those of you that aren't familiar with Square. You know, it's it's just a little thing where you swipe your credit card and it's a financial payment service, right? What are your thoughts on that, Nick? Does that does that signal to you? Is there something in your mind that 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 where you can see a natural fit there? 
You're going to put me on the spot. I haven't really thought about it when I opened my eyes this morning and read the headlines. I immediately thought what you thought. What the hell does that have to do with each other? <laughs> um, but, I, you know, as you were posing the question and I start to think about it more and more and as I feel older and older, um, here's my answer. Um, the Dallas Mavericks this week announced that you can buy a ticket with Dogecoin. And so the way that we pay for things... Um, and frankly, the way the younger generation pays for things is uh, different and the things they're willing to pay for, which is a whole uh, another discussion. And so obviously the way we're changing, uh, excuse me, consuming media is changing, right? Um, we've had this whole uh, streaming revolution and the, the, the whole cord cutting trend, right? And now instead of uh, one bill to Comcast or DirecTV, you pay seven bills to different companies that end up totaling the same thing, right? You pay your Netflix and your Disney plus and your HBO and, and this and that and your Peacock and whatever else it is, right? Your Paramount plus, which was announced last week. And it's all sort of fractured and you're paying all these different bills. And so, uh, and I'm no expert, so I might start to sound dumb, but one of the, one of the bull cases that I've read, you know, obviously everybody consumes content uh, and they're not doing it on all these different platforms, but it's how you tie them all together. Amazon has uh, made a little bit of inroads, but one of the big winners in all of this has been like Roku, for example, because um, it's a box that is platform. Uh, you're going to get me talking about virtual power plants, but it's decentralized. <laughs> it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter like what the service is, right? And decentralized is a big part of the future. And so um, if Square could become sort of like a Roku of audio things where, um, you know, uh, it's collecting the payments through its payment mm -hmm. facilities that it's already got to sell albums or access to MP3s or uh, streaming or podcasts or whatever it is, then that would be, I think, where the value is. Also, and I'll add to that because I had some thoughts as you were pontificating. NFTs, we can now use Square and Title to buy NFTs, which sure I, I don't know if that's going to last. And then that led to my next thought. Well, of course it makes sense. If Tidal has a concert branch, which it does because Jay-Z also owns Rock Nation, which manages a lot of the top artists, including and, names and like Rihanna. And promotes the weed company. You now have a platform where you can pay for your weed that you're smoking while looking at Rihanna's beautiful self and singing your hearts out. You can go to the merch stand, buy some merch, use Square to pay. You can be a whole lot more transparent with the artist and cut out the middleman, as Jay has been known to do in his pre-music days. Um, and you basically control the whole distribution chain, right? It's, it's, it's the farm to table kind of approach to anything that requires a payment. And again, I think it's brilliant. I think it's forward-looking. Um, let me read the, the, the statement by Jack Dorsey. I won't read the whole thing, but he did say, um, the tie up comes down to one simple idea, finding new ways for artists to support their work. And so they're going to work on new listening experiences to bring fans closer together, integrate merchandise sales and financial tools for artists. This is a big, big move. And I, I suspect that the old guard, as with everything forth turning, is going to have a hard time keeping up and competing. Um, companies better start to adapt because you're not just going to be able to unlock promotions from a vault that you've had for two years. 
and keep selling that same model to the new generation of whether it's speculators or whether it's uh, concert goers or whether it's, you know, subscribers to content, whether it's music related or financial services related. So, no, I think um, I think this is a space to watch. It's really interesting to me. There is a couple of podcasts that I follow that have done a, a great job of monetizing their podcast. There's a, an app called Patreon. And there's a gentleman by the name of Joe Budden, who was a, a, a former artist and is now, you know, a brilliant, brilliant content creator about hip hop culture and music. And so, you know, he has different tiers on Patreon where every week there's a free, there's two free podcasts that you can get on YouTube, a la Bizarro World, right? And then those are free. You can go on YouTube, listen to it just like Bizarro World. But if you want to be a friend of the show... What then happens is you can pay $10 for one exclusive episode a month. And, you know, I'm thinking out loud here, but maybe in the not too distant future, we quit telling you the stock ticker names unless you're a friend of the show, right? The next level for Button and Patreon is a $25 level where you get behind the scenes episodes and non edited episodes. And so maybe in the not too distant future, Bizarro World. <laughs> will be clean. It'll be curse-free. No more fuck Ted Cruz's, which apparently upset a few of you out there. You'll actually have to pay me to say fuck Ted Cruz in here and be upset about it. So, you know, again, th th these are all thoughts that are just kind of coming on in my mind as I'm reading this thing from, from Jack Dorsey and, and, and the partnership, but I think we have some conversations to have off air about Bizarro World, Nick. I don't know. I, I, I like where this is going. I'm going to get myself a Paramount and a Square and stimulate my own tape. <laughs> Texas está abierto. Texas is open. Texas is open. We're free. And you would have thought that what Governor Abbott said, and he said some stupid shit afterwards, but you would have thought that on this, on this, he's right. Like you, for those that don't know what happened, um, this week Governor Abbott went on Twitter, like all politicians do now and said, I have a big, big announcement. Right. And, um, a couple of hours later he had a press conference and he said, starting next week, um, the mask mandate will be lifted in Texas. Businesses can reopen to full capacity and you no longer will be told or mandated to wear a mask. And man, the left lost it. You would have thought that he said it will be illegal to wear a mask. You would have thought he said businesses which are privately owned, can no longer dictate that you have to wear a mask or we're not going to serve you, which of course, businesses can dictate that. It's a part of ownership, right? Um, but man, I mean, the, the, the left, I mean, and I hate to be partisan, but on this one, this is clear. It was the left that was outraged and they politicized the heck out of it. And I get why Governor Abbott isn't popular with the left. Um, he should be, you know, critiqued one thing at a time, uh, like we try to do with everybody. But on this, he's right. Look, I've seen so many of my favorite businesses completely fold and go bankrupt here in the city of Austin and the nearby cities of Round Rock and, you know, Hutto and Pflugerville and, 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 and Georgetown. Um, and just having a tough time, the ones that are surviving, having a tough time. And it's not because they don't want to be cautious. It's not that they don't want to mandate mask use. It's not that they don't want to keep their staff safe. 
it's that the government keeps changing and moving the goalposts and changing the rules on capacity levels. You know, there's been situations where uh, businesses are told that they have to have a certain type of setup outside. We saw this in California. And then the business, you know, finds a loan or finds the money or invests the money to, to set it up the way the government has mandated. And then a week or two later, after the expense is made, they're told, well, it doesn't matter anymore. We're banning that too. And so... Look, if anything, my personal take, this brings consistency. This allows private business owners to make private decisions about how they want to run their business. And I am all for that. Look, as somebody that tends to identify as a libertarian, a real one, you know, not, not a fake one that's just selective when it means oppressing people, a real libertarian, um, I think this move should be applauded. And I also think that the businesses that, that, want to continue to mandate that you wear a mask in order to be served food, for example. I think they have every right to do that as well. Both things can exist in this life experience journey thing that we're going through, everybody. And uh, it, it was just odd to me to see the response be so negative from one side to something that will allow so many businesses to thrive. Any thoughts on that, Mr. Hodge? I know you have a, a, a similar but different situation going on in Washington State where you reside. Just that you had a, a politicization of of politicization of masks from the beginning. And so um, it's just a continuation of that. And um, it's stupid. Like you said, the, the businesses can can still keep the mask mandate on. And um, here we're going into uh, phased approaches. So, I, you know, I think you still got to wear masks inside and but restaurants are open at 25% capacity. But um, I think as a country, um, just, you know, with my ear down to the railroad, I think we're uh, collectively starting to move on both anecdotally and as it relates to the uh, hospitalization rates and the vaccination rates. I think we've uh, vaccinated over two million people a day for the past week or something like that. And wow. So, uh, with vaccines. Yeah, it's pretty good. So with mm. vaccines coming and. um uh, hospitalizations down and and businesses, you know, desperately wanting to open up. Uh, people are are getting back out there, and so I think those are my only thoughts. I'm all for freedom, and I'm all for individual responsibility, and so uh, I'm all for people uh, for giving people the freedom to uh, exercise that individual responsibility. And so, yeah, that's it. Let's 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 do what we usually do. Let's try to upset everybody in our in our bizarre world podcast uh, commentary here. Um, the right wasn't innocent either. They lost their shit about Dr. Seuss and Mr. Potato Head. <laughs> I didn't get all the details on Mr. Potato Head. The Dr. Seuss I saw first. I did see about how the Dr. Seuss's estate was not going to uh, publish or sell anymore. A couple of titles that they thought had offensive imagery. What was the what was the Potato Head? The potato head. Well, let, let, let's expound a bit more on Dr. Seuss first, because I think it's important. Um, uh, it's 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 the estate. It's the publisher that controls the titles that has decided that there was imagery and language that could lend it lend itself to be viewed as racist. And they weren't comfortable with it. Joe Biden didn't cancel Dr. Seuss. Joe Biden or the, uh, the secretary of education didn't come down and say, you know, we, we no longer want these six books in the schools. That's not what happened here. This was a, a, a decision by a business 
that wanted to align with whatever values they identify with. <laughs> I'm using those words very specifically here and carefully. Whatever values they want to align with and identify with. And they felt that in order to do that, they wanted to go ahead and, 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 and you know, take these six books away. Um, so, yeah, uh, again, private business, you, you get to decide. That's, that's, that's what business is about when you own something, guys. Um, to Mr. Potato Head, uh, Mr. Potato Head now will simply be a gender-neutral potato head. Did anyone realize that Mr. Potato Head was probably gender-neutral before? Has someone checked? Also, did anyone realize that Hasbro is still making Mr. and Mrs. Potato Heads? It just changed the name of the umbrella brand. Nobody's taking away Mr. Potato Head. Nobody's taking away Mrs. Potato Head. Mr. and Mrs. Potato Head will continue to live in harmony and romance. They just changed the name of the umbrella brand to Potato Head. That's it. That's all that happened to everybody. We didn't have to go yell at our fellow Americans and get into this whole discussion about gender neutrality and how people identify and what's acceptable and what's not. And it's not that big a deal, everybody. It's just a potato head. <laughs> Any thoughts, Nick? Please, sir. I don't like this trick, sir. My tongue isn't quick or slick, sir. I get all those ticks and clocks, sir, mixed up with chicks and talks, sir. I can't do it, Mr. Foxer. I'm so sorry, Mr. Noxer. Here's an easy game to play. Here's an easy thing to say. New socks, two socks, who socks, two socks. Who sews, who socks, who sews, two socks. Fox and Stocks, our game is done, sir. Thank you for a lot of fun, sir. I read that book a lot. It's a good one. <laughs> Your copy of it may be really valuable one day if you do an NFT image of like the 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 the, the most uh, you know prescient page in the book. You might be able to get six million for it, Nick. <laughs> Oh, that'll be a fun game to play. The, funny, the funniest tweet that I saw about Mr. Potato Head is uh, this one goes to at Indecisive Jones, who tweeted, with all the stuff Mr. Potato Head has been storing in his butt, I don't think he's the conservative icon you think he is. I don't know why you people listen to us every week. <laughs> this really is just therapy for us, folks. But I'm glad you do. And and, and I appreciate the mostly kind emails and uh, the ones that aren't so kind. Eh? You got every right to write in and complain, but you're apparently listening. So hi to you as well. That's funny. <laughs> Let's switch gears a little bit and try to be a little bit more serious just for a quick second. <laughs> just for a quick second. Um, did you hear about the Dallas... Uh, police department officer that was indicted um, for killing two people, having two people killed. I didn't, but I would, I would, well, I wouldn't love to hear about it, but I would like to hear the details. So the Dallas police department allowed an officer to continue patrolling for more than a year, Nick, while investigating whether he ordered two people to be killed 
And the city police chief defended it by saying they allowed him to stay on patrol for a year while he was being investigated for multiple murders because it didn't want to tip him off. He said taking that action could have compromised the investigation. If Riser, the officer that was indicted, was 36 years old, had known he was a person of interest, Dallas PD might not have been able to bring justice to all the families. Really? Is there no other, <laughs> is there no other way to make sure that we brought justice to the families? Is there no other way to make sure that he didn't kill anyone else? Um, is there no other way to not tip him off? Um, this is insane. This is insane. Um, a witness came forward 20 months ago um, talking about two victims whose bodies were dumped after being shot in the Trinity River. Um, three men were charged with murder. It's, it's, I'll post a link to the story. It's a sad story. Um, but the bottom line is this cop was allegedly robbing drug stash houses. And so, uh, you know, kidnapping people and threatening to kill people, drug dealers, and he's a cop. So, you know, call the cops. And of course, anybody that's growing up in a bigger city, you grew up in Baltimore. I spent my childhood in Chicago. I've lived in New York. I, you know, the whole thing, anybody that's lived in big cities and is, you know, somewhat familiar with the streets understands that this happens everywhere. Right. But for them to know that he could be responsible for the murder of two people and allow him to patrol citizens every day um, is extremely irresponsible. And that's me being kind. Yeah, no doubt. So uh, I don't, I haven't read anything about this. Have there been any repercussions so far or what's going to happen? Let's see. It appears that, Mr. Riser has been arrested now. He has been charged with two counts of capital murder. He's being held on bail, uh, $5 million bail after a court appearance on Thursday. Um, the Dallas police chief, no repercussions. I'm sure the police union is firmly um, in full support of, you know, whatever the heck any police officer or police chief does, apparently, because that's the way police unions tend to roll in this country. And so, yeah, no, that's... Um, that's 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 <laughs> that's as far as we got as far as justice goes. But it's just a crazy story to me. I I I I, I thought it was um yeah, I thought it was like one of those onion headlines, right? Like ex Dallas cop facing capital murder charges was kept on the job. I I thought it was like an onion headline. I didn't think it could be real, but yeah, pretty, 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 pretty bizarro. Yeah, that's insane to to let him stay on the beat. I mean, that's a, a complete culture thing. It should be an eye opener. Absolutely. Absolutely. And again, it wasn't like he was just patrolling people on the right or people on the left or libertarians or, you know, no, he was, he was, he was patrolling all of you, all of us. Um, yeah. Uh, scary stuff. Did you see that Twitter tried to kill Elon Musk? I, I believed it for a second. I was like, why is a uh, rest in peace Elon? I'm like, no way. And then I started reading the headlines. <laughs> did, did, you, did you get a, a, a whiff of that at all? No, he got kicked off Twitter last week, but I, I don't know about the dying. So, you know, one of the biggest uh, trending topics today was rest in peace, Elon, hashtag rest in peace, Musk. And, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm looking and there, there's like this um, cutout of this headline. It says Elon Musk declared dead after Tesla factory explosion. And for a second, I'm like, 
what? Like, you know, agree with him or not. And I know he's a polarizing guy for some reason. Um, but agree with him or not, he's 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 done a lot to 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 you know move technology forward. And um so I'm looking and you know, it took me about two minutes to realize it was it was a fake, but um they 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 had this going and they were ramping this up for half the day. I mean, they had you know <laughs> millions of people thinking that Elon was dead. So again, I think it speaks to the power of of the internet and 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 Twitter. And just how easy it is to just throw something out there that'll stick, right? Why this stuck? Why one person decided to throw this up and why everybody ran with it is beyond me. But um, yeah, I thought it was interesting. Well, I think it's also the ephemeral nature of the internet. And you can relate that back to the uh, NFTs, right? These fads and how uh, their half-lives get shorter and shorter and meme stocks and how long they last and what really has true value, right? And so... Um, anyway, that's how I look at some of that stuff, right? Like a little bit like noise, like separating the wheat from the chaff almost. Absolutely. Uh, absolutely. Um, where are you making your money, Nick? FYI, full disclosure. If we, soon, this is the part of the uh, bizarro world that you guys are going to start paying for. <laughs> no more free tickers for anybody. So enjoy it while you can get it. Um, I mean, it was a tough week. I mean, you know, it was a tough week. Oh, God. Uh, uh, markets across the board were were getting whacked. The Nasdaq had it uh, worst of all, and the place I made the uh, the most money, even it wasn't much, was in uh, oil stocks. I um, and I don't own a lot of them. I was started buying Exxon personally a, a couple of months ago, and and was glad to have a, a big chunk of that. That was actually up like even yesterday, and I think uh, hit new fifty two week highs today. In fact, it was up again. Um, but uh, oil, oil and energy is, is has been where it's at for me. And um, I had recommended the XLE fund and foundational profits, and that's been what's working the most. Um, yeah, uh, if you want the answer, I mean, oil is back at 60 bucks, the highest it's been in a year. And um, those are looking OK. Uh, the, the cannabis stocks held up relatively well. Uh, you had an opportunity to buy some of them cheaper, uh, but some of them didn't incur the the sell off that uh, other stocks did. And a lot of SPACs got whacked really, really hard. So uh, I got my ass handed to me in one. In fact, back to that ass. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. Spack that ass up. And um, <clears throat> uh, yeah, it was called App Harvest. And the, these SPACs have a key $10 level. That's sort of like where they all start out. And you saw some of the. Um, let's call them shittier ones, go very back close to their $10 level. Uh, yesterday, some that were at 20, 30 bucks, right? And so um, that SPAC bubble is starting to show uh, signs of itself. Agree, agree. Um, what are you looking at this coming week? What are you, what are you, are you dabbling at all? I'm buying some stock. I'm not telling y'all what I'm buying. Um, that's for subscribers I mean, and tell they you, pay for I'll it. Tell but... you what I, I did. So I had a, a couple of week theme going here. What was I talking about? Uh, two weeks ago, I was telling you Newmont was going to pull down even further. Yeah. And that I was watching that it, it, it never got to 52 or 50, like I said. And I was saying that Alamos was going to go uh, to seven. And my bids at Alamos got filled down at seven uh, one day this week. So I guess I bought some Alamos. Good for you. I, I I did buy some Almaden and then it proceeded to go down 22% the next two days as silver got taken to the woodshed. But uh, it's a trade. I like the trade. I think that uh, I, you know, it's one that I'm comfortable with the ranges there. And I think we can still get a 30% gain out of that here in short order next couple of weeks or so. 
Um, I don't see silver breaking down I, yet. I will be watching. It's getting close to that level, um, but I don't see I it traded, breaking down yet. I traded, I traded a leveraged NASDAQ fund and almost shit my pants earlier in the week. <laughs> I, I made money. I got out, but it was scary. Were you, bo- was were you bored? <laughs> what the hell? What motivated that? I, I don't know what I was doing, man. It was... Um, it was before it really started cracking. Like I didn't think it was really going to materialize into a big sell-off. And I pressed the sell button before it did. And I mean, I squeaked out, but it was scary, man. If I had stayed in, I would have got my ass handed to me. All right. Well, I'll tell you one that I'm getting my ass handed to me on right now. And I, ironically, it's 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 not a resource stock. And it's one of the few times that I dabble outside of the resource space. I bought a pretty chunky position of Plant X Life Incorporated. Vega um, is the ticker symbol V-E-G-A. Um, and in short order, <laughs> if you pull up a one week chart, you can see how I did everybody. It's, you know, it was started the week at a buck 23. It was raising, it is raising a $10 million at a buck 25. Um, it's got a 52 week high of 234. I was comfortable paying a buck 15 to a buck 20 because it was below, um, the offering, right. Which is due to close next week. So I say all that to say the stock is currently at 92 cents Canadian. For those of you that want a high risk, high reward, leverage play, a company's got a solid balance sheet. It's incredibly promotional. They had a news release a few months ago that basically said we're hiring everybody uh, for marketing services. And so, you know, they want to get the message out. And um, yeah, it's, you know, it's it's trading 30% below the financing price. There's a rumor that, you know, they got a commitments for a lot more than the 10 million that they were raising. We'll see if that bears, if there's truth to that, we'll see if that bears out. But, um, plant X life incorporated is my high risk, high reward, non-resource kind of like your NASDAQ speculation. I just decided to tie up a bunch of money and see if I could get, you know, a quick 50, 60% rip on it. We'll see. We'll, 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 we'll play along here for the next week or two and see how that does. Good luck. Yeah. <laughs> Mr. Hodge, anything else that you'd like to talk about? That's all I got for this week. There's, you know, um, Joe Biden called uh, Governor Abbott his uh, policy to, to, to lift the mask mandate. Neanderthal thinking. I thought that was hilarious. Um, again, I agree with Governor Abbott on this call. I think it's every person's right um to transact and conduct business on their own accord as long as it's not illegal um and not breaking any laws speaking of illegal did you know that and this is this is a part of jay-z's uh cannabis brand monogram which you know we talked about them unveiling their their uh ad campaign i learned some things <laughs> did you know that you can <laughs> you can marry your first cousin in more states than you can buy recreational weed I knew that you could marry your first cousin in some states. I didn't, and I never quantified it. The amount of cousins or, or (laughs) my wife and I were married in the state of Georgia. And when we applied for our license, there's like a box about how, how close of cousins you may or may not be. (laughs) I find you always end up in these fascinating situations and for those of you not aware, uh, you married your wife in the state of Georgia. I just learned that, by the way. And each one of your three beautiful kids was born in a different state, right? Am I correct? All five of us, even my wife and I, were born in different <laughs> states. So we got, uh, yeah, five of the 50 states covered there. 
Here's I was the- born in Delaware. She was born in Florida. I got a kid born in Tejas, a kid yeah. born in uh, <laughs> Idaho, and a kid born in Washington State. Freedom! <laughs> <laughs> Tejas. Here's some more fun facts. There's a state in America where cannibalism is technically legal and cannabis isn't. What state is it? Do we know? I could tell you here in just a bit. It's going to take too much time. Well, I'll put the link up. I'll put the link up to the article. Um, here's here here's one last one because it was really funny. Um, weed is a federal crime, even in the states where sex with farm animals isn't. I have even a story about that, but I won't share. <laughs> That's all I got, everybody. I hope everybody has a safe, fun week. Be kind to each other. Be good with each other. You don't have to agree with each other. It's going to be all right. Potato Head's going to be cool. Mr. Potato Head's still going to get his groove on. Mrs. Potato Head's still going to do her thing. You know, maybe she's getting a bikini wax as we speak, about ready to to hit the clubs again. Who knows? It's Idaho. Of course it's Idaho. Hey! (laughs) That's great. Freedom! <laughs> I am Gerardo Del Real, along with my co-host, Mr. Nick Hodge. This was episode 107 of Bizarro World. Take care, everyone. Stay safe. Send us off, Nick. See ya.